Today is the 10th day of Christmas, if you've been counting. And only in a couple of more days, there is another celebration. One that's gone by many names. You've already understood that through our worship so far. The Twelfth Night is one such name. Old Christmas, the Theophany, the Kings, the Feast of Light, Epiphany, or what I like to call it, Gentiles Christmas. Would you think about that with me? It's, Lord, we pray that you'd open our hearts to hear and through your word to draw near to us. For Jesus' sake, amen. <clears throat> appreciation. I was thinking about appreciation and I recognize it as a virtue. And I'm working at increasing my virtues and I pray God helps me because I've got a ways to go because there's so many to embrace and to embrace better and, and more holy. I've been thinking, and there's a lot I appreciate, especially this time of year as it's going to come to mind, like the giver, the great giver, God the Father, whose festival of Christmas we just celebrated, and his gift, the gift of his son, Jesus Speaking of gifts, I appreciate my wife, my family. I appreciate you, the chance to be with you, get to know you, to love, to work, and to serve with you. More and more, I guess it's the older I get, I appreciate God, his love, his care, and his continual work at molding me, of reshaping me more to be what he intended for me in the very beginning. And I appreciate this festival that's coming up on the 6th of January. More and more, I appreciate Epiphany. I've learned a lot. It's been intriguing, and it's led me to increased appreciation. For instance, did you know that up until the 4th century, Epiphany was the third biggest festival that Christians celebrated. Epiphany was so big, number three, it was behind only Easter and Pentecost. And you say, well, where was Christmas in all of this? Christmas wasn't even celebrated until way after Epiphany had been celebrated as a regular festival. That's how important this day was, and I think still can be. Why? Why appreciate Epiphany? I think there's a lot that's intriguing, like those wise men, the Magi. Just who were they? Where did they come from? I mean, we know not so much about them, very little. Were there three of them? Well, we rather deduce that because of the three gifts. Or tradition has said that there were 12 of them, at least part of the tradition. No biblical statement that says just how many for sure there were. If you read and listen closely, I'm intrigued by the fact, as I've learned over years, just when they came. It's not like the Christmas pageants we so often create that with or just after the shepherds, they appear in the stable to see the Christ child in the manger. No, no, that's not what Matthew tells us. 
I don't know if you noticed, but you will if you read Matthew 2 on your own, that almost a dozen times, 11, 12 times, Matthew refers to Jesus as a child. And that's a different word for him than the word baby. The child Jesus. It was Herod who wanted to get rid of this upstart king because he was threatened. And it was in consultation with the wise men that he figured out when that star had appeared. And it was on that basis that he killed the youngsters in Bethlehem, trying as hard as he could to kill this newborn king. And he killed the baby boys up to two years old, which tells us something, perhaps by inference, just how old Jesus may have been. But then, then too, there's the names and the gifts that we rehearsed a couple of moments ago with the children and their ages from top to bottom, 60, 40, and 20. Rather neat tradition, whether it's absolutely true as a tradition or whether it reflected something bigger, who knows? But also tradition says of where those men came from, not only from far away, but it said that Melchior, in tradition, came and he was a Near Eastern individual. For Balthazar, a black man. That's what tradition says. And Caspar, an Indo-European. Put all that together, and there's a very clear message here. And that's the point of what we're doing today, and especially the nationalities. Why would they be important in tradition to tell us? And from the general inference we get from Matthew, wherever they came from, they were foreigners. Wherever they came from, it was beyond the borders of the nation of Israel. And that's important. What that means is that they were Gentiles. That's what Jews called people who weren't them. For the Jewish people, there were only two kinds of people in the world, them and us, or they and we, however you want to put the language. Only two kinds of people in their view. And those who were not them, they considered Gentiles. That's how special they understood themselves to be. And that was important because when their Savior, their Messiah came, they knew it was for them. Do a little bit of background here with me. Jesus was for the Jews. And it goes way back to the Old Testament, to Abraham, the father of that nation of Israel when God picked him out of all the people of the world and said, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to make you a blessing. And I'll make of you a great nation. That nation began to unfold with one individual and turned into an entire big nation. And it was in that nation and for that nation that God worked to bring his anointed one, which is another explanation for what the word Messiah is. Another king who would rule over them. They understood perhaps in this life like any other king, but God had bigger plans. And he promised that Messiah to come through the line of King David. 
one whom the Jews considered to be the king par excellence, the best of all. I opened my Bible this past week and looking at these things and trying to understand them more fully, I looked and I found plenty of promises of God, plenty of declarations from God in the Old Testament that said that his king, his Messiah would be for his people, the Jews. But I also found statements along the way in the Old Testament that it would not only be for the Jews that their Savior would come, but for more than them, the Gentiles too. That's important. That's what makes this celebration on January 6th, or as we remember it today, important. Jesus was from the Jews, he was a Jew, and he was for the Jews, but more. And we get into the New Testament, and we see even more clearly than the Old Testament that this Messiah was for more than just this chosen people. The New Testament makes it clearer still and even very clear. Remember the angels at Christmas? Their message to the shepherds, Behold, I bring you good news of great joy, what that will be for all the people. All the people. And this is what the wise men were all about. As they came from beyond Israel, Gentiles, part of the all people for whom the Savior King came. And as that Savior King, the Messiah, grew, Jesus, he showed it in his life, his conversation. Remember the woman at the well, the Samaritan? Not only was it a, a problem for many that he spoke to a woman in public, but she was a non-Jew that raised a lot of awareness and questions in people's minds that were following Jesus even then. And the Roman centurion, a, a Roman, not a Jew, whose servant Jesus healed. And maybe you remember when he sent out his disciples on a trial mission, a a practice mission, he told them to go to the Jews. The Jews. And he made it even a little bit more fuzzy, Jesus did, when he said that he was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And that only word resonated with people. But Jesus spoke those words, I think, in a way to connect with them, but then to show them in even more ways that he was for more than the house of Israel. And maybe you realize, and maybe not, because this kind of slides by so many times. As the Christian church was formed and as Christians uh, got to be more and more, do you know what their first and biggest problem was? Was Jesus for the Gentiles? Or was this anointed one only for the Jews? Or do the Gentiles, if Jesus is for them, do they need to become Jews first? Read about that. The big church council meeting of church leaders in Acts chapter 15. And you know what they concluded? They concluded that yes, Jesus was for more than the Jews for the Gentiles as well. And that's where St. Paul picked up. God shows him, a Jew, 
but gave him the mission to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews, to illustrate fully and, and clearly that that's who Jesus is for. You heard about it in today's second reading. And Paul's letter to the Romans, especially the last few chapters, makes it very clear that we, we Gentiles, we non-Jews, have been grafted into the vine, an image of God's people, the Jews, as part of who God has been working and works through Jesus Christ. And then, when it all ends, St. John got that vision of heaven in Revelation and he wrote, after this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. Listen. From every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. That's the picture of heaven. Through Jesus, everybody who holds to him in faith. We are included. We. Jesus is for everybody. God's purpose, St. Paul could write, is that all would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Epiphany is a time to get that, to understand it, to realize that and celebrate it, if perhaps not even more than we celebrate Christmas. And you know what I find intriguing as well? Is that Matthew, the gospel writer, Matthew, a Jew, who apparently wrote his gospel particularly for Jews, is the one who points this out by narrating, the only one who narrates the coming of the wise men, people from outside of the Jewish nation. We can take for granted that Jesus is for us. He is, but we can take it for granted and fall into much the same error as those who first received him and for whom he was sent in particular first. We can think, if consciously or unconsciously, that Jesus is for us, but not for them. You know, we talk, our society does, about proselytizing sharing our message, our, our faith with others, and looks down on that. And we can soak in that, and we can let that affect us, but are reminded by Epiphany that it's not just for us. Or people like us, culturally, or economically, or in our nation. But this Jesus is the Savior of all. We don't want to get into a club mentality and we need this as a reminder, this celebration of Epiphany. You know, in the old days, that is in, in my old days, our Lutheran church put out a, a yearly calendar and identified each month with an emphasis. In January was the month of evangelism, outreach. Connects with Epiphany so well, so importantly. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to begin a, a series of messages called the Gospel DNA. And this is precisely where we're going to begin because it is so important as we visit other aspects of this truth. Epiphany, the word means a shining, as I've earlier said. It was a reference especially to the Bethlehem star that we see in the picture that we well, we tried to see, except for the clouds, not too many days ago before Christmas. 
a shining that was also a, a, a light turning on, a bulb going on in our heads that Jesus was for everybody, even us, but everybody as well. We never hear more in the Bible about those wise men, those magi. They came and then they left by the angel's direction. They acknowledged the Messiah. They worshipped him. They gave him gifts. But then they went home. And no doubt they were changed individuals, changed by their experience. And God made it clear and clearer and clearer still through what they did and what followed that Jesus was for everybody. What does that specially have to do with us, us here, us Christians? Did we understand this clearly? Did we imitate this in our language and in our work for him? That's what made the men wise, makes us wise to salvation. Did we appreciate that Jesus was for everybody, a high and important virtue, and that let that appreciation lead us to action relevant to what we're called to in our personal life and what we're called to as a congregation in this place, in this community. Now's the time to recognize this, not just as the calendar, but as a congregation, as we look for and prepare to look for our next pastor. Let's remember that and live in the truth of that. Jesus is for you, for all. God, thank you for that. Amen.